Welcome to Your Teen with Sue and Steph. I'm Sue. And I'm Steph. And we are the co-founders and owners of Your Teen Media, the resource for parenting tweens and teens. And today we are talking with Aiden and Ash, father and son co-hosts of the podcast, Hold Me Back. Now, they recently had us on their podcast as guests, and we had like really the most delightful time with the two of them. So we said, come be on our show. And we turned it around a little bit on them and made it very much about like a newlywed game for father and son. And they are just charming. So uh, we can't wait for you to listen to that. But before we get there, we want to give you a little insight into our world. Now, we love doing a podcast, but we really didn't realize the rules of the game. You know, we show up, we prep, we get great people to interview and then it kind of gets whisked away by our incredible producer, Hannah Leach. And then people do more things after that. So one of the ways it works and one of the things we're going to ask you to do is participate in helping us spread the word about our podcast. Here's the rules. When you share and follow our podcast, the magic world of algorithms shares our podcast with more people and then more people. Kind of the they told two friends and they told two friends. So if we've become friends, can you do some sharing for us? Thanks so much in advance. Now we're going to talk about fathers and sons and daughters because they get a very coveted place in our society. And the story I'm going to start with is listening to authors Ayelet Waldman and her husband Michael Shaban both talking about books that they had just written. And Michael tells his story. They have four kids. The kids were young. And Michael was in the grocery store with the baby. With how The way he describes it is like visually nauseating. Like the baby's in a poopy, sagging diaper, <laughs> smells. There's snot like slathered all over the baby. He's got like w- the baby on one arm and s- stuff he's buying on the other. And women are walking by and getting that like falling in love, look at him and going, wow, you're such a good dad. And like, that doesn't happen if you're the mom. So his wife, who was juggling 8 million balls, nursing a baby, helping kids with homework, doing all these things, he gets a phone call from somebody saying, is Ayelet okay? She seems so stressed. And that is the world we live in. It's so true. Is so true. There are, I mean, I, I'm not sure that I would have to clear my calendar for the month because there is so much to say here. It, it's it's daily. The one we just had recently was I was, we're getting ready to take a kid to college and I had run to Target with her and we had, you know, we had like our list of things to do and we're doing this all like after like workout, right? We're running around crazy and- my husband comes in. She wanted him to print something. She sent it to him at work. And he walks in and she's like, oh, dad, thanks for printing that. Really? Because he hit the button. I've been running around for like four and a half hours. It's like 930 at night. I haven't eaten. Like, really? I'm like, what? Okay. I just want to say it's not it's fair. It's not fair. It's just not fair. We just went on a family vacation. It was really a spectacular week. We all had a great time. But this time was the first time that I said to Dan, do you mind doing the itinerary? Mm. I took care of, like we drove with all the food. We rented a big house. We ate all our meals in the house. I navigated all of that. 
And he planned the trips, like the daily hikes, all those things. And he did a great job. He did not do a greater job than every other trip I've done for the rest <laughs> of everyone's lives. At the end, a kid posted on our in our ch- family chat, great job, Dan. <laughs> I'd be so mad. Even like, I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy that like, because that made the whole... I don't want to take, I don't want to take it away from Dan. He was great. But why, why is it so assumed that like the food all worked out great? Everybody ate three meals a day and enjoyed it. Why was that assumed to be my job? And Dan was like, oh, look, look what dad did. (laughs) It's really, it's really unbelievable. I don't, and yeah. I don't, I don't even know what to say. And I don't know what the answer is either. Like, you don't want to say, oh my God, why are you giving dad all the credit? Like you said, you want him to get the credit, but. I okay, might've, I might've done But that. guess what? You were in the class too. <laughs> maybe you, they think you were like auditing the class. You still get credit for auditing a class, even at the very yeah, least. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, good analogy. I mean, the problem is I, I myself have a reaction to a dad holding a baby. And I'm mad at myself every time I have the reaction. I wonder if it goes back to some kind of caveman something because it's so visceral. But I see a dad with a baby and I'm swooning. I know. Like that guy could do just about anything at that moment. And I think he's the greatest human being. So I I get it. I know. But why? I don't get why. I don't know. And it's funny. We, We have a joke in our house that has lingered, like anything comes up with the kids, but it's something I used to say when they were little. And I would say to Todd, I would like pat Todd on the back if I was like heading out to a meeting or something. I'd be like, honey, thanks for babysitting your children. And we still say it all the time because it just, yeah, why is that? Well, I remember in my play group, people used to say to me, wow, Dan will babysit the kids tonight? And I'm like, dad, we don't call him babysitter. We call him dad. I just... <laughs> And Dan's Dan is great. He is such a devoted father. Yeah. I don't want to take anything totally. away from what he does. I just want to throw as I say, throw me a bone. Just throw me a freaking bone. Um, yeah, the expectations. Yeah. It's so different, and I. It's interesting because I have been doing like, especially in the pandemic too, like reading about dads that you know they've had to step up and blah blah blah, and yet women still do. Most of the household chores, most, right? Like there's still, and so I don't know, where does that correction happen? I'll fess up to one story in my house because during COVID, a lot of the kids were home mm-hmm. for a lot of the time. And so I really yeah. said, everyone's got to pitch in and, you know, there might've been some work wheels going on. And um, and so Dan would load the dishwasher like more than he ever did in the many years before that. And I would come and tell him, you're blocking the fan when you put that piece there. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's super annoying to finally do a favor, but the the, the plates yeah. weren't getting clean because he'd just dump it all in. It didn't matter how tall it was, if it fit, if it blocked the spinner. And I'd be like, you know, could you just like maybe next time put that over here? That's where it goes. And he's like, oh my God, you, I have to do it the way you do it. And I'm like, well, you know, 36 oh years together and I've loaded the dishwasher every night. So- I'm just telling you, I know a little bit about. Oh when my God. It gets and you know what? Todd would say clean. that Dan's brilliant because Todd's line is, don't be good at something you don't want to do. What's <laughs> our other famous line in our house? <laughs> so, like, there's a little bit of, we always wonder, like, you know, like, I'm a terrible dish 
like Todd hates the way I load the dishwasher. It's like running joke here. I just saw this meme. I actually have to find it and send it to him because it said it showed like the dishwasher and said, clearly I didn't see the way she loaded this before we got married. And actually a woman on our team, Jody, her husband is like my Todd. Both the Todds are, are very fastidious dishwasher loaders. And guess what? I don't want to be good at it. I might not do it well on purpose. I may or may not do it well on purpose is all I'll say. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that. Like, he's willing to help. He just doesn't want to be told that they're, like, you know, we Mm -hmm. we have our divided lines of who does what. And I actually can really use space well. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. good at it, especially with the dishwasher, as I've always already mentioned. But even, like, packing Uh the car, but that's his job. So I'm not really (laughs) allowed here. Like, it's so annoying to him. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, I shouldn't say like, well, you know, if you, if, if I move it to the niche, I can shove my thing in. Okay, no, I'm not supposed to touch it. So I guess by that same vein, I should own the dishwasher, but I don't want to. He wants to own that and I don't want to own the dishwasher. Oh my God, it's so funny because when we moved Lane last week, I said to Todd, I'm like, when you get home, we were leaving like late afternoon one day. I said, we'll have everything outside because I knew better than to say like, why don't you leave the car home and we'll look. I knew I could get it. It could get close to the car. Yeah. It could not be placed in the car. All right. Well, this deviates from the conversation we're going to have with Ash and Aiden. But, you know, the truth is neither one of us is a father (laughs) or a son. So it was a little hard to tell our own story other than talking about fathers and sons um, and what what they're like in our lives. Um, So now we are going to share some really meaningful conversation between the two of them that I would like to have in my own family. And I know I said Dan got teary and said he wants to do a podcast, but I actually really mean that the next time the kids mm. are home, I want to do some of the things that they spoke about. Totally. They're just, they were moving. It was sweet. It was moving I was thinking it was like, those are the things you don't get to hear typically. Yeah, right. Those are the regrets people talk about, never having said some of those things. So up next is our conversation with Ash and Aiden. We can't wait for you to join us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent, or have been in the game for a while. We invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Ash and Aiden are father-son co-hosts of the podcast Hold Me Back, where they have tough conversations on social media and screen time, bullying and loneliness, inequality and privilege, sex and drugs, education and etiquette, 
even politics, religion, and sports, all in hopes of uncovering a path toward greater harmony and a hopeful future for the next generation. We have found that kids are traumatized by things that we as parents, like we may not even remember. And then the reverse is true. While we as parents might be regretful about things our ki- we did to our kids, they might barely remember that incident. So Aiden, tell us, what did your dad do wrong that scarred you? Well, I think the main thing, and we talked about this in our uh, youth sports episode, is that he uh, pushed me really, really hard to play a sport throughout my entire childhood. And, you know, he, he, uh, he pushed it to the point where I started to tie my identity to the sport I played. Um, so much to the point where, like, I really did not enjoy swimming at all for, like, I'd say three years straight. And I continued to do it despite really not enjoying it at all. And that, it was really, really, really recently, actually within the past year, that I finally realized, you know, if I'm not enjoying something this much, I shouldn't be doing it. And so I think if you have your kid tie their identity to anything super strongly, it's a really bad idea because they start feeling sort of pressured. And, you know, even if they hate it, they won't necessarily know how to verbalize that. And they'll, you know, have like these bottled up feelings. Ash, did you know that was a thing that was happening? Uh, More so in the end. I think that uh, what I started seeing was obviously his resistance, uh, uh, but it wasn't just to swimming to other things. So I powered through and we can get into whether or not I regretted that, but I powered through because I felt I was trying to teach him um, a lesson more around resilience and self-sacrifice and discipline and what it takes to be really good at something, which I believe are very valuable lessons. And I probably blew through some stop signs uh, that I sort of pushed past that uh, and realized that all those lessons are going to be lost if they hate what they're doing. And it's not about having a growth mindset for them. It's about the fact that this is not where I want to apply my growth mindset. And so the lesson was being lost. So I did see that recently. It's so challenging though, because like, you're right. Those other things are valuable. And yet like, you know, we're like guessing where the line is. So let's move into Ash. Is there anything, does your story fit what we found uh, in our experience, which is that you might have felt badly before you understood what, what you were doing in the swimming arena, you might have felt worried and badly about something that happened that Aiden barely remembers. Yeah. So I think it's linked to this uh, because he started talking about uh, linking his identity to something. And I think if I have to think about something I think scarred him, which is a, a pretty hard word to sort of hear as a parent, I do think that uh, I've probably too often as a dad made him worry about long lasting consequences of potential actions that probably aren't really long lasting consequences. And because of that, I've seen him internalize some internal pressure he's put on himself in different areas, which I wish he wouldn't uh, because probably I taught him that lesson too early. Uh, and I sort of regret that a little bit. Mm. Yeah, that, that one, I mean, again, just so hard because we're kind of trying to prepare them for the world and give them all of the insights, we, all the wisdom and insights we have. Yeah, the intentions are always good Yeah, uh, as for a parent. That's what makes it really hard. It's just you have to know when to draw the line. That, that's a great segue to our, our next question, which is about resilience. You know, I think as parents, we're always worried about, oh, I don't want him to be a quitter. I don't want her to even, you know, like if she's gonna one foot in, they should have both feet in. So, you know, there are those moments when we're raising them where 
we see real resilience, you know, for ourselves and for our kids. Um, can you share with us either moments where you've exhibited this or challenges that you've had to overcome that made the other one proud? Um, well, I think one thing that, you know, I've done recently that I think made my dad really proud from what I understand is I just took a trip um, to New York and D.C., uh, essentially by myself. My cousins both have places there, but they're both working throughout the entire week. Um, and so I figured out, you know, how to walk around New York. I walked all around Manhattan. I figured out the subway system by myself. You know, if I got lost, I had to figure it out. Um, and I think that was, you know, he said he was really proud that like he was able to teach me how to be independent and self-sufficient enough that I could go to a giant city and, you know, by myself and be okay. Yeah, I was very proud of him that he figured out how to not just go to New York, do some college visits, uh, go around town, use a subway, fly to multiple cities, buy his tickets, figure it out, uh, go to, and, you know, and incorporate college visits, which is why he's supposed to be there. But I think those became a sideshow <laughs> to his experience. Uh, and we even told him, my mom, uh, your mom and I even, you know, told you, this is what you get when you demonstrate the sort of maturity and resilience that you have. Uh, these are the kind of things that we let you do and trust you to do, which a lot of parents I don't think would. So he's ready to be launched. Aiden is ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was Aiden who answered that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay, so one of the things we know is that um, when we become parents, we are often responding to how our parents parented, meaning we might say, I want to be just like them, or I never want to do what they did. So, Ash, what did you say you would never do as a parent? And Aiden, has he done in that arena? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start. This is an interesting one for me uh, because I definitely, you know, when I was growing up, uh, like most teenagers, I didn't respond well to the, because I say so, you, you know, logic, uh, no, which is sort of the way you end any conversation where the debate is, you know, gone on way too long and you're at a crossroads. And I always said that I'm not going to ever pull that card uh, in terms of, you know, because I said so, because I'm the parent. Uh, but I have pulled that card uh, and I do uh, use that. Uh, but there's a twist to that. And that is uh, that I think it's okay for a parent to use that because as a parent, by definition, you have more wisdom than a teenager or a child does. So you're allowed to win an argument at some point by saying, because I said so, uh, because that's not a democracy. Uh, at, least, you know, at least you don't think it's a democracy for that point. And at some point, somebody has to make a decision. And if you can't win the argument, you have to pull the card. So I said I would never do it. I do do it. But in some instances, I still defend that it's okay for me to do it. Yeah. And that goes hand in hand with me saying, I think he uh, kind of failed miserably at not saying the, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I said something. Because his favorite saying and my least favorite saying is, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Um, because like, you know, like I'll pull the card all the time. Hey, well, you're doing this. Why should I not do it? Um, and you know, then he responds to you know, do as I say, yeah, not as I do. Because that's, I think, that's a complete BS logic. Because just because we do something, it's okay that we tell you you shouldn't be doing it. It's not about being a hypocrite. It's about letting you know that we don't even, as parents, always do all the things that we want to do. It doesn't mean we can't tell you not to do them. Yeah. Well, I think I think the question that if you were asked me like, what would I do that 
um, or what would I not do that my parents did? It would be the, you know, do as I say, not as I do thing, because I definitely will not be pulling that on my kids later in life. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so Ash, you're not surprised by that comment. No, I'm not surprised by that comment. I think he already does it to his sister. I don't think he's even... <laughs> I think he's already being a hypocrite, but that's just me. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So let's, Maybe. all right, let's go to the positive. You guys have a great relationship. Obviously the banter is, you know, it, the playfulness is, is great. Um, Aiden, what do you want to thank your dad for? Oh, wow. Um, well, I think the thing my dad has done has really, really helped me um, get to where I am today is he's helped me like throughout each stage of my life, like recognize like, my goals, set goals for myself and he's kind of helped me make a step-by-step plan. We actually, when we kind of figured out what I wanted to go, where I wanted to go to college and what I wanted to accomplish later in life, he actually helped me create a Google sheet, like outlining, you know, milestones and things I wanted to accomplish and how we'd accomplish them together. And he's always been there. He's always like, you know, if I'm working upstairs or something, he's like, you want me to come up in your room and work with you? Or like, you know, he's helped me every step of the way and he's always been there for me. And he's understood that it's like, he's had empathy every step of the way for my, you know, the work I've done for school, you know, despite whatever challenges he's facing in his life, he's always made time to, you know, empathize with me and take time to help me accomplish my goals. And so I think that's, you know, the thing that he's really done well. That's, that's lovely. You know, I would love to Ash, what do you want to thank Aiden for? Uh, I want to thank Aiden for how self-reflective he is uh, in terms of, and I want to use that word rather than just saying resilient. He's a really resilient kid. But what I love about Aiden is that uh, every kid gets emotional, gets caught up in the moment, is overwhelmed, doesn't understand some of the things that they're even experiencing uh, as a teen. Uh, And he gets caught up in the moment like anybody else, gets angry, digs his heels in. But he's always self-reflective. He always comes back later and says, I really thought about that. And uh, you're right, or I was wrong, or you you think differently about it, or I learned a lesson. Uh, he finds things to learn from everything. Uh, he has a tremendous growth mindset, uh, which he knows is important and he understands why. And so I want to thank him because he is ultimately the reflection of, um, you know, probably mostly my wife and my, my parenting. Uh, but he makes me very proud and I could not imagine uh, having a better son. So I want to thank him for that. Oh, that's so nice. I, I love hearing this exchange so much that I want to do this with my kids. Yeah. I think like it to be a listener, to hear both of you say that to each other, I, I got a little teary. I want to do the exercise at home. Um, okay, so we are going to play a dad-son version of the newlywed game. We want to know how well you know each other with a few questions that you'll answer about the other person. So question number one, um, what is Aiden doing when he seems happiest? Ash, you're going to answer that about Aiden. He is an incredibly social kid and he is happiest when he is with his cousins or his friends uh, doing just about anything. Uh, Sometimes it's actually pretty much doing nothing, it seems like, is what he likes (laughs) doing the most. Uh, And he likes to play video games and stuff, but he likes to go out and uh, they do crazy stuff. They build stuff together. That's uh, really weird that they never use, uh, but they're creating or building or just hanging out or spending time. So he is most happiest when he's with people he cares about and loves spending time with them. That's when he's on fire. Yeah. So that's about accurate. Mm, that's great. Okay. Aiden, what makes your dad happiest? Um, well, I think my dad is like the most happy when he's just, you know, 
off work and just relaxing. Like I think he's in his uh, his Zen zone when he's just lying on the couch, you know, watching football or you know, lying on the couch with my mom watching some sort of TV. Um, I think that just is like you know, spending time with his family in a very very low key setting. I think is what makes him the happiest. Absolutely accurate. <laughs> All right, Aiden, what pushes your dad's buttons? I think we saw one earlier, Ooh. but <laughs> go ahead. Oh yeah, well, I think I think the thing that I do the most that pushes his buttons is like, you know, if I start like arguing or something from a standpoint that I have, you know, like I'll be acting as an expert when I have very little knowledge of anything I'm talking about, which usually happens like <laughs> it usually happens like sports, um, or you know, so any other like like a sports or, prof- or a professional field or something like that or his job, um, he'll get really frustrated because uh, he's like his very big fan of you know well-researched debate. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, debating with no knowledge. That's the biggest thing. All right. And Ash, that's very accurate. <laughs> that's Ash, very accurate. <laughs> what signals to you that Aiden is stressed or very stressed? Oh, wow. Uh, he is moody. He gets short and terse. Uh, and in fact, he actually gets emotional. I'm not going to maybe calm out too much on this, but he can get that's a little fair. emotional and he can get a little teary and uh, unexpectedly so. Uh, and he definitely lashes out a little bit. Uh, and um, you can't have a conversation with him. He'll end it. He'll become irrational. Uh, and you know that's uh, he's moved over from sort of just getting frustrated to getting really, really stressed uh, out. So that's he has a lot of signals around that. What an expose, man. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. <laughs> Wait, but I did hear in there you saying, well, I'm I'm not really going to go deep into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how quickly the tables turn there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to out you right there. Well, yeah. the th- I think the thing is that um, is touching about what you just said is you know we all have that we all have moments, and so you know his, he knows yours. And then we can respond to that with a little space for people. If you don't know it, and if every time it's a huge surprise, it you know escalates much quicker. Like the mm-hmm. family escalates much quicker. So I actually I, I appreciate that you said that. Um, okay, so what do you like doing most with Aiden? Ash, this is for you as the dad. What do you like? You know, you get your happy face on when you're doing it with Aiden. Yeah. So for me, I think it's a continuation of my own personal things that I enjoy. And it's not things like playing a sport or a game or even, you know, our podcast, whatever, which I enjoy. Uh, He's gotten into uh, physically uh, working out a lot. So we work out a lot together, which I really like. But to be honest with you, what I like most is the simple thing of like, we go get tacos every Saturday for lunch. And it's my favorite time. I just like getting in the car with him. We go there, we shoot the shit about all kinds of stuff, uh, just spend time together. Mm-hmm. That's when I taught him how to sort of drive uh, occasionally. It's when I, uh, we've had lots of life lessons and great little life talks and we use that time for it. And that's my favorite time. Yeah. Mm, so nice. Okay, Aiden, what do you like doing most with your dad? Well, I definitely love our uh, taco Saturdays, that's for sure. Um, but I have to say, I think this is like, you know, most influenced from just doing this ever since I was a little kid. Um, is going to see movies with my dad. Um, cause ever since I was little, my dad has probably taken me to movies I should not have been seeing. Oh, here you go. Um, but you know, it was the greatest time. I'd be like, you know, I'd be like 
I said, like six-year-old kid going to see a Marvel movie that was PG-13, <laughs> oh, uh, all the way up to the point where I'm like this, like twelve-year-old kid going to see an R-rated movie. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be Dude. like this, it would be this feeling of like awe and sort of you know like oh this is so cool. And I'd always be there with my dad. He'd always talk me through it. You know, answer any questions that I had throughout the movie and deal with my you know annoying probably constant talking throughout movies. And it was great. I, I love doing that. All right, Aiden. Here's your chance to get back. If you could change one thing about your dad. Uh, I'd make him taller. <laughs> oh, that's so cold. All right. <laughs> For real? Don't even laugh at that, Sue. Don't even laugh at that, Sue. Well, right. I'm a little actually disappointed. Physical? That's what you're oh, going to no, do? No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. I'd, I'd say, um, I think this goes back with the do as I say, not as I do thing. I think, um, I think my dad has a little bit of a tendency to be a hypocrite at times. Um, where he does the practice, you know, he doesn't really practice what he preaches all the time. Um, so if I had to change something, I think I'd make him, you know, realize when he's being a hypocrite and start to fix that a little bit. But I think my dad's pretty great as he is. So not much I change. Really nice. Okay. Um, Ash, if you could change one thing about Aiden. You, you know, I'd like to see him internalize his anxiety a little less. I think he uh, tends to put a lot of pressure on himself and it gets really anxious and he's even made himself like physically sick sometimes doing that uh, because he really wants to achieve. And I think it's great up to a point. So I wish sometimes he would cut himself a little bit of a break and see things in a little bit more perspective and not put so much pressure on himself uh, that he makes himself literally physically ill. So I'd love to see him change that about himself. Mm. Aiden, are you, is that something you're aware of? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've started to get better at, you know, I guess, externalizing my anxiety where I, you know, I talk through it. Um, or even I, I just started realizing like when I'm overstressing about something that doesn't really matter in the long, like long term. Um, so I think I've come a far away. I think the worst was last summer when I was taking a uh, university course. And I was like, he said I was getting physically sick from the stress I was having. Um, and I've, you know, I think I've come a long way from there. So, yeah. Give us yeah. your best. What's your best thing that you do to, to shift that? Um, well, you know, what, what I like to do is, first of all, I'll talk, like, talk to my parents about the stress I'm having, and they'll usually do a good job of telling me, like, yo, this is not that big of a deal. Um, but also, you know, just talking through things to myself, I'll actually, you know, verbalize, you know, the problems I'm having to myself and just hear them, in, like, out loud. And a lot of times you realize, wow, like, my stress over this thing I just said is so, you know, unfounded and like dumb that it's really not worth it to stress over it. So that's what I do is I just verbalize my stress to myself. Like it'll be probably weird just hearing me talk to myself. It, it might sound weird too, but let me tell you, I, sh I could easily pick this as one of my favorite things and most uh, impressive things about Aiden is his ability to sort of mentally walk himself out of really difficult situations. He, he literally sort of tells me the stories of how he intellectually sort of escaped from these uh, tough situations or changed his entire mindset around it by so just logically walking himself through it. I've never seen somebody his age actually do it so well. And uh, so he's right. He literally has these conversations <laughs> with himself uh, where he pulls himself out of these places and, and not in a fake way, in a very real way. It really changes his perspective. I love it because I think, I think it's not a teen thing. I think it's a people thing. But sometimes saying something out loud is even a little bit embarrassing because you're like, wow, that is really not terrible. <laughs> you know? Exactly, yeah. And so I, th I think that's a great tool to have, to just say it out loud and then be able to recalibrate. 
Um, okay, so something fun. What's Aiden's favorite musical group or song? This is for dad. It's going to be easier for me, me to say the group, which is Dua Loop, Dua Loop, Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. There you go. Is his favorite <laughs> yeah, artist. Okay, I'm, perfect. Not, I'm not sure his favorite song, but that's his favorite That's okay. Artist. And Aiden, what music does your dad love? Oh, my God. Um, so I know from a kid he loved Kiss. Um, oh, for come sure. on. All uh, right. You know, I think now, though, it's definitely like he likes, he's in the vein of, you know, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. He's, he's a very, like, that is not he, true. That he's unashamed. <laughs> that is not true. You need to walk that back, my friend. I, I, I mean, I wake up at like five o'clock every morning to my dad in the basement working out to like last Friday night. Oh, my. Um, shake it off. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. Every, like, I, I've, Okay, that's different than my favorite music song because I'm not going to be able to live that one down. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, that's just awesome. I love that. All right, Aiden, what's your dad's superpower? Oh, boy. Um, I think my dad has the ability to make, first of all, I think he has the ability to negotiate like a pro. And I think it's helped him a lot. Um, actually, my cousins and I were talking about how, like, I think at one point my cousin was trying to book a hotel, but it was in you know, incredibly expensive. And my dad managed to get her a room for free at another hotel um, by just negotiating. I don't even know how he did it. But we always talk about how his superpower is like his ability to, you know, just do things that, you know, people would normally shy away from or think are really hard without really stressing over it. Like, you know, making calls like this weekend, he made calls to, you know, an airline and managed to, you know, get me tickets onto a plane. And like he, he said, it was like kind of brutal, but, you know, he did it. And I think his superpower is just being able to do incredibly difficult things, you know, that most people would stress over and just cut to the chase and do it. I think that's really his superpower. Yeah, that's a good superpower in life. <laughs> that's, wow, that's nice. Okay, Ash, what's Aiden's superpower? I think Aiden's superpower is uh, his ability to overcome every obstacle that's thrown at him in a very mature way, way above his years. Uh and then learn a lesson from it and not do it again. So the way he used, approaches everything with a growth mindset and seeks out and finds the lesson to make himself better so he doesn't repeat it again uh, is something that I wish I did better, uh, that he uh, has taught me a lot. In fact, when I get stressed out about stuff, and there's been some really challenging stuff in our lives uh, oh, yeah. recently, he has been the voice who's come to both hit my, uh, his mom and I and just walked us down and said, you know, you guys realize you're losing perspective. And let's talk about the lessons that you taught me. Uh, and why aren't you applying them into your own lives? Probably with the pro-con charts as well. Yeah. So, again, you know, making us do a pro-con <laughs> chart and like, what's the worst outcome of this? So his ability to sort of learn lessons in life, what he goes through and apply them in a way to make himself a better person uh, is, you know, absolutely his superpower. Wow. That's an adult wisdom you're holding on to there. Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, last question. We ask all of our guests, although I switched Aiden's a, a little bit, um, our normal question, which I will ask Ash, is biggest myth about raising teenagers. And Aiden, your question is biggest myth just about teenagers. So let's start okay. with Aiden. Uh, well, I think the biggest myth about teenagers in general is that, you know, we can't really be taught anything and we can't learn things like from our parents. I think that that's a big myth. It's like, Parents are like, I can't teach my kid anything. You know, he doesn't respond well. Um, I think that a lot of kids will be really, really abrasive. I mean, even myself, I notice this a lot. Kids will be really abrasive um, when you first try to talk to them. Like they'll be 
emotional, they'll have outbursts, whatever. But I think what happens is really what you have to focus on is really what's happening behind the scenes where, you know, after kids have these arguments with their parents, you know, they tend to reflect. I think, I don't think it's just me. I think kids tend to just reflect over, you know, what they've said or the lessons they're trying to learn. And they'll actually realize, you know, my parents are trying to teach me a good lesson here. And, you know, I will never admit it to them, you know, it's the day I die, but, you know, I'm going to keep this in mind and use this in my life. Um, so I think a lot of parents are actually, you know, you're teaching your kids things whether you think it or not. I'll never admit it unless I'm doing a podcast with my dad yeah, <laughs> telling the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll tell the whole world. <laughs> okay. Ash, what do you see as the biggest myth about raising teenagers? Uh, I think there's a couple of myths. The one big one is that there's a lot of beliefs that by the time kids get to a certain age, like around teen years, they're, they're sort of fully baked or cooked or whatever. And I learned a lot of that when I was a psychologist that uh, that was sometimes taught and let to believe. I actually don't think that's true. I think in fact that some of the more formative and most important years uh, in terms of how, uh, or in terms of what kind of adult they're going to be actually happened in the teen years. And so I think it's a very, very important time in terms of developmentally uh, of who they're going to be and the kind of adult they're going to be. So I think you have a lot of work to do in terms of forming them there. And then the second thing I think is a myth. And actually you mentioned this to, to me when we were talking before, um, and it's that, and that's, you know, we have a lot of conversations with the kids, lots of arguments, lots of stuff that's going on. You try to say a lot of things to them and teach them a lot of lessons, but the reality is what they really pick up is the true sort of values and the underlying stuff that they're feeling. It's like, what is the feeling and what's really underneath it? Uh, and what, and they sense what's really important to a family, despite all the lectures you might give them. And so it's really important to recognize that the single most important things that kids are picking up on is your true sort of beliefs and what's really happening, what they're seeing, not at all what you're saying to them in lectures or all the stuff you make them read, all that stuff doesn't matter. It's really what your values are as a family. So um, I would say, Ash, that maybe it's do as I do, not as I say. <laughs> hey. hey well, <laughs> what, what do you guys, what is this, a conspiracy theory here? It's an intervention. Yeah. It's an intervention, yeah. Oh, no. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, there you go. Great. Okay, Aiden, Ash, this has been so delightful. First of all, what's the name of your podcast? Uh, Hold Me Back. Okay, check out their podcast. It's really wonderful. Um, and I think it's such an unusual voice to hear teenage son with dad talking and talking in an open way. So thank you so much for being with, here with us today. And um, we also, Stephanie and I were also guests on their podcast. So we'll put it in the show notes. You guys should check it out. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Your Teen with Sue and Steph. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know on our Facebook page or email editor at yourteenmag.com. Also, if you want to receive our newsletter, head on over to yourteenmag.com. Your Team with Sue and Steph is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producer Michael D'Aloya, plus producer Hannah Leach and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. You can find more from us at yourteenmag.com, at evergreenpodcast.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review or send the episode to a friend. We'll see you next time.
Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardnopodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard note.